Welcome to B Squared, your weekly weather podcast. Meet Bonnie. She's from Oklahoma. Where the wind comes sweeping down the plain. A meteorology major and loves to chase. Meet Bobby. He's from Oregon. Going green. Greenage. Saddle up. You got it, boss. Oregon AMS vice president and a former TV weather producer. It's B Squared. Let's talk weather. Welcome into B Squared, your weekly weather podcast. I am Bobby from Oregon. Hey, I'm Bonnie in Oklahoma. And Bonnie, we are in the middle of a pretty big winter storm, which we kind of joked before we started. You know, sometimes it seems like the big forecast storms, they get it right, and the small ones, they don't. So, and again, I know it's maybe just a case of Mother Nature doing her thing, and wide, wide scale is a little bit easier to forecast, but... Man, if you're you know in a line from St. Louis to Washington D.C. and kind of all points in between, you really got some good snow and some good action, and I'm insanely jealous. Same, same. But I will say this storm system brought us a bunch of rain. Oklahoma is drought-free, which hasn't happened in uh, I can't even remember the statistic, but it hasn't happened in a long time for the entire state to be drought-free, and we are drought-free right now That's due fa- to this storm system. That's fantastic. And it's been it's been years and years. I, I want to say several hundred years, but I'm not 100% sure, so don't quote me on that. I'll have to double-check that stat. But, yeah, drought-free. Several places in Oklahoma got multiple inches of rain. We got about an inch around here in central Oklahoma. But, yeah, so it was pretty good. That all happened on Friday. It just rained the whole day. Right. It was good. Well, you had the rain, and obviously for the east and north was snow. And I know that you oh. saw it as I did. Bonnie, people stuck in traffic for hours and hours and hours on the afternoon commute. That's not good. Oh, my gosh. I could not even imagine. It was just – and then the snow was just getting deeper, and yep. they were just sitting there on highways, and I just couldn't even – I don't even know what I would do in that situation. You know, it's funny – Um out here in Oregon, the last three quote unquote big snowstorms have come in on afternoon commutes, like have started maybe two hours before the afternoon commute. And it doesn't mm-hmm. take much. And, you know, we've talked about the geography of Oregon. It's pretty hilly here. Uh, there's not a whole lot of flat outside of, you know, the mid Willamette Valley and then moving south. But all it takes is a half inch of snow and one tractor trailer to not be prepared. And lo and behold, you start the backup. And once that backup starts, it does not stop for several hours. And, man, just, you know, my heart goes out to the residents of St. Louis especially because you guys got hit at the exact wrong time. And, man, just, you know, and it's not necessarily about a hill that's several hundred feet tall. It could just be a gentle slope that's maybe 100 feet in total height over a distance that will cause a backup. And man, people just sat in their cars going, maybe they were saying what, like a 10th of a mile an hour, which just to me would drive me insane. I couldn't do it. Which I don't even know. Like, why wouldn't you get off the highway or is, can you not get off the highway? Like, I don't, I I wouldn't even know what to do in that situation. Right. They were saying some people were trying to like drive around it, but they were saying that, you know, a couple big rigs were stuck or jackknifed. Um, I was watching the Weather Channel coverage, and one of their storm guys was like, yeah, I got a snowplow behind me, like two cars. However, because everybody else is stuck, he can't do anything. And like to me, that would, that would be probably the worst. Like, the solution is right here, 
but because you guys don't know how to drive, we can't figure it out. So uh, I think eventually just got to the point where the snowplow was like, screw it. I'm just going to push cars out of the way and, oh. you know, and at least helpfully try and get the, tra- the traffic moving that way. But for me, this is why I drive a, you know, a crossover or an SUV. So in the event that I am stuck on the freeway and the snow, I'm just going to throw it into, you know, all wheel drive or four wheel drive. And just make my way by because I'm not going to be stuck on something because it's just not one health reasons aside. You just don't want to do it. It's just it's risking way too much. Yeah, definitely. And risking your sanity also. Oh, like, yeah. yeah so I just would not. I couldn't do it. Yeah. There's only so much music you can listen to and only so much, you know, gas you're willing to burn through before you're just like, OK, this is dumb. I need yeah. I need to move. I need to go somewhere because. And again, listen, I understand if you're stuck, you're stuck, but man, I just, my heart goes out to you because I've been in that traffic. I've had to deal with that. It is not fun. No, no, it's terrible. Right. And you know, snowfall rates with the storm were pretty impressive. Some places were, you know, in excess of an inch an hour, which for me personally, I think that's pretty cool. You know, you're looking at yeah. those big fat flakes and they accumulate quickly. You know, you mentioned you had rain in Oklahoma city. We knew the system was going to be pretty, um, you know, heavy with water and so to get these giant snowfall rates were awesome to see the giant snowflakes were really cool and the storm's still not over i mean it's making its way through washington dc today um tons of snow going on i know the government's still quote-unquote shut down in some areas and now the city of washington dc is shut down so hey it's a symbiotic relationship apparently Yeah, I guess so. I was seeing that Virginia is getting some serious freezing rain and about a quarter of an inch of ice has formed on trees and power lines at this point. Yep. And that's that's the threshold. And once you get over a quarter of an inch, that's when things start to get real bad. And you just need a small gust of wind and then tree limbs start snapping and power lines start, start snapping. And that can be a crippling ice storm situation. So... Yep. They're and, in for it right now. And they really are. And, you know, you know better than most people. You know, you guys yes. get, get that a lot in Oklahoma City. Um, you know, you, as you mentioned, just a little bit of ice. And, you know, people are like, oh, it's a tenth of an inch of ice. Yeah, but you got to remember that's spread out over a tree or a house or a vehicle yeah. or a road. That's a lot of weight. Yeah. Like an insane amount of weight. And I, so I then just think of a quarter of an inch because that's what they've got so exactly. far. That is a lot of ice. That is a lot of ice. Oh, it just that 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 for me still fascinates me. Like ice storms really do fascinate me, just because of the weight aspect. It's like how does stuff, you know? I know houses are well designed, and so they can withstand it, especially like heavy snow and ice. I get it, but trees are not designed for that. Plants are not designed for that, and that's where you really see a lot of the damage. And you know, you mentioned the power lines. Same thing. Uh, all it takes is just a little bit of gust of wind and a little bit of ice and, you know, havoc starts real quick. You know, and you should hear when those trees finally start cracking and it's not the twigs, it's the whole big branches. Right. And oh my goodness, like, cause it'll happen in the middle of the night. And so it'll be dead quiet outside. Maybe it's still freezing, raining a little bit, but it's dead quiet outside and all you hear is a huge crack and then you hear a huge boom as it hits the ground and you just hear that echoing around in the neighborhoods and it is just like it's really scary and then you wake up and everyone's yards are just filled with their trees basically that's insane that just the the visual alone to that is just it, it, i'm not kidding you it like gave me goosebumps i'm just like man i just you know, I, I'd love to see it and hear it, but I, I know the damages it brings. And, you know, chances are you're already out without power at this point. Or if you're not, you're close. 
And, yeah. you know, just, man, I, I really do love the ice aspect because of just the different dynamics it brings. And, yeah. you know, it's just, again, it's the difference of three degrees or four degrees. Mm. And, you know, you're either looking at a major snowstorm or you're looking at a pretty, pretty epic ice storm. And I loved watching some of the details. I know that the Washington Post guys had it. The Weather Channel had it. Um, the cold air damming effect on the east side of the Appalachian Mountains where, you know, they even said it last night where temperatures like around Nashville were in the 40s. And you go just, you know, 100 miles to the east on the other side of the Appalachian Range and you work your way down toward Atlanta and temperatures were in the 20s and 30s because all this cold air is basically being, you know, pushed up and pooled. And they're like, well, here comes, you know, a lot of snow and this cold air is just so entrenched it's not going anywhere. There's nowhere for it to go. And so, you know, they're just like, you know, this is just the perfect ingredient again to have a lot of snow, have a lot of ice. And man, um, you know, it's not a nor'easter, so there's not, you know, that aspect of the number of people affected, but you're still mm-hmm. looking at affecting major metropolitan areas, you know, Washington, D.C., down to Roanoke, Virginia, back toward Atlanta, where people are having to deal with ice and freezing rain. And, you know, it's just it's an it's a nuisance is what it is. But yeah. I love the meteorological aspect of it. Again, cold air just being pooled. And you get these bands of rain and bands of snow just running over and falling through. And, man, it just, once it starts, it really does not stop for a while. And that just goes to show that it's not just the atmospheric ingredients that go into everything. It's the the climate and the terrain of the area that affects everything. So everything has to come together perfect to get these perfect storms. And it's just fascinating to watch that happen. Yeah, and, you know, you mentioned the climate. You mentioned, you know, topography. You know, we talk about weather models and how they handle things. Weather models don't see the varying terrain for for exactly. the most part. You know, it's based on a flat plane. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's a 2D and 3D model of the atmosphere. And, you know, within the lowest, you know, say 1,000 to 2,000 feet outside of the mountains, that's where pretty much everybody lives in the country. And so... You know, you have this giant parcel of air from 2,000 feet all the way up. That's flat. And, yeah. you know, you're trying to forecast what's going to happen. And it's those little idiosyncrasies are what, you know, make everything kind of tick. And that's, for me, again, that's one of the most fascinating parts. It's like, again, okay, how's your climate play? How does your topography, how does the geography of the land play? Because that's really what's going to determine what happens. Because, like you said, um, and we've talked about it on the show, you see those videos from a you know waffle house or another restaurant where just one side of the store is raining and the other side of the store is bright blue sunshine and again it's that difference of location and all it takes is a difference of 10 to 20 feet you know and you can expand that out a little bit to multiple miles but man you know one place on earth is never the same five feet away exactly exactly and that's like you said, that's why the weather models can't get it a hundred percent because they can't account for every single dip or yep. elevation in the terrain or, you know, the amount of trees over here or the amount of water next to this location, you know, like Florida has got so much water and not as much land. And so that has a huge effect on their weather and the, the weather models just can't account for every little detail like that. Yep. And they're, they're there, that is the one argument that you need to ke- always keep for always having a local forecaster that knows the area 
or is familiar with the area to tweak a forecast because you're right. All it takes is, you know, one valley where the temperature, you know, dips in the valley down, you know, five or six degrees and you wake up with black ice and everybody else is, you know, at 34 or 35 degrees. Like, well, why did this happen? Nobody called for black ice. Yeah, we have a ton of accidents all over the road down in the valley. Well, the cold air pools in the valley. Models okay. don't always see that. Models don't always forecast it. So, you know, that's the one argument that you need to have a human or somebody that understands, you know, what's happening locally to make that forecast and tweak that forecast because a computer model, chances are, won't see that. So, Exactly. And so the local meteorologist can, like, fill in those blanks a yep. little bit and be like, you know, based on past experience, this is how the weather is affected by this area or by this you know, geographical formation or whatever, yep. you know, and so, you know, you need both. You need the models, but you also need that human intuition to get it all yep. to come together. No, you, you are, you are totally right. Uh, speaking of human intuition and forecast, what do you guys have coming up in Oklahoma? So it, it's right now it's really cold outside. It's like 30, 31 degrees, cloudy, but nothing's happening. There's no precipitation coming. Uh, but they are talking about a storm this weekend and possibly a storm the next weekend, you know, being very careful about using any winter precipitation words because <laughs> it's too, too far away to say anything. But then you know, but they're just saying like some, some are lined up and on their way here. So we'll just kind of see how that plays out. Other than that, cold, cloudy, partly cloudy, you know, typical January, kind of boring, but maybe these storms will be interesting. So we'll just see what happens in the next coming days. That's good. We are, um, we're kind of in the same boat up here in Portland. Um, currently it's bright blue sunshine outside. Like there's not a cloud in the sky. It's really pretty. It's also 50 degrees. So I'm not sure what season I'm in. Um, I know that flowers are trying to bloom and some have already and it's, you know, oh, they're confused. Oh, they're very confused. We're not even halfway through January yet. Um, we're in this weird pattern of offshore flow. It's going to stay relatively clear, uh, cloud free for a couple days. Our next system isn't supposed to come in until Wednesday or Thursday. Um, and when it does, temperatures aren't going to move all that much. We might drop into the upper forties. But uh, it's pretty it's pretty low key. We're under an air stagnation advisory for most of the Willamette Valley um, up here in Portland. We're not because we have an east wind to mix out the atmosphere pretty well. But, uh, yeah, we just have high pressure sitting over top of us. Nothing's happening a lot. Um, a lot of the you know amateur meteorologists and professional meteorologists are ready to put a fork in winter. Um, we get really we're really quick to jump on things here where. If we don't have snow or any type of like shot of cold air by December 1st, everybody's already claiming winter's over. So, and then it just drags on through January and February and just kind of gets really old. So I've not decided if I'm going to go put a uh, fork in winter yet. Last year I did it early and then we had two snow events afterward. So it was the reverse, you know, it was the karma, the reverse, uh, you know, curse forecast. So I might do that again because I would like some snow. Um, it would be nice, but we will see. So, uh, yeah, we're just sitting here with, with sunshine and 50 degrees and confused plants. <laughs> it's so sad that people are like so quick to be like, Meh, winter's over based on the next, you know, 10 or 14 day outlook. And it's like, 
so many things have happened later in the season. We have had a small ice storm in the month of April before, where sure. we had wrecks all along the highway, lost tree limbs in the month of April. And so it's just, which I have a picture of that on my Instagram, my personal Instagram. So it was from a few years ago, probably three or four years ago. But you just, you can't rule out, just like we've had tornadoes in December. It's like you just cannot, there's no timeline. Mother Nature the earth does not go on our timeline. It'll decide when it's done with winter, not us. Exactly. And, you know, again, <laughs> climate, climatology speaking, you guys have an easier shot of having colder air just because of your, your location here with the ocean so close and mountains all around, you know, like I said, and I explained in a couple of shows ago, it takes a whole lot of ingredients to come together at the exact right moment of time here. But uh, man, we're just kind of waiting and sitting and waiting and you're right. Every day I get a new, you know, 15 day outlook or 14 day outlook and it's just, it's bleak. And when you have guys that are, you know, really, um, you know, into model analysis and they're posting updates every six hours, it just gets really old really quick. And, you know, we are waiting for snow. We'd love to have it. Um, I had my white Christmas, so I'm good. But with that said, I know everybody else in the Valley wants a shot of snow. So we'll see what happens. Hopefully we get something. Now, there is time. Yeah. There is time. And, you know, we have had, you know, pretty good snowstorms through February. I remember, gosh, this is going to make me sound really old. Maybe <laughs> 15 to 18 years ago. Um, it was my mom's, I want to say, 45th birthday. And she's born on February 12th. And we had like nine inches of snow dropped on a snowstorm. And wow. it happened the day before and then overnight into her birthday and then stopped snowing that morning. And, you know, again, February, the sun's still, sun angle's pretty low. You know, it's not going to get a whole lot of atmospheric heat from the sun, but it was enough to kind of melt the roads a little bit. We still had the party, and it was awesome. But, you know, the best part was, hey, it snowed on my mom's birthday in February. That's pretty cool. So, you know, it does happen. It's rare, but it does happen. So I'm personally not giving up hope. Um, but, you know, the, the further we get into January, end of February, the lesser chances we have. Yeah, I mean, of course, as the season gets closer to spring, the chances go down and down, but they don't go away. It's still, it's not a zero. You know, you can Correct. get those freak blasts of cold air and things like that that'll cause a. And that ice storm from that April was, it was done within the day. Like by the end of the day, the beginning of the next day, it had warmed back up enough, but it was just. We had that little blast of right. cold air, just a little precipitation, and enough on the trees to knock a few limbs down and they were pretty decent sized limbs and then several wrecks along highways. And so we did have a teeny mini ice storm. So it happens. And you know what? Good. You know, tree trimmers are probably happy. Hey, we got some more business. <laughs> exactly. See, and see, that's the other thing is big winter events are good for the economy. I've been told. So <laughs> that's fantastic. Which is kind of morbid to think of, but it's good for the economy. Right. So yeah, people go to grocery stores, people, you know, buy gas more probably than usual so yeah well, I mean, and then whenever there's damage from tornadoes and things like that puts a whole lot of people to work rebuilding houses so sure. it, it really not well, not, not good for the insurance companies but right everybody else <laughs> not that you want that it's just one of those things where it does happen because people do have to rebuild and you know it it doesn't you don't get just you know get to you know pour water on a magic pill and poof you have a house you know people have to rebuild it so yeah, that's fantastic. Bonnie, 
Oh, another great episode of here of B Squared, your winter, your winter weather podcast. There we go. We're going to change That's it, good. right? <laughs> this is your winter weather podcast, but B Squared, your weekly weather podcast. I'm Bobby in Oregon. And I'm Bonnie in Oklahoma. And we will talk to you guys next week. Bye, guys.